Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Did you know that Jesus Christ is not only the author of your faith, but the perfecter of your faith? Are you actively and intentionally fixing your eyes on Jesus throughout your day? Do you think about Jesus and consider him in your moment-by-moment, day-by-day circumstances and decisions? Let's open our Bibles now to Hebrews chapter 12 and see what the Lord Jesus has for us. Well, good afternoon, and welcome to another teaching. Today is Friday. It is February 26th. We are in Texas. It's a little after one in the afternoon. Hopefully y'all are doing well, loving on Jesus, and uh, just spending time with him, just giving him your time and your heart and your love. I was talking to a, uh, or texting a sister of mine, about we were talking about just the scripture was matthew six thirty three where it says seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you um and that that just needs to be our, our heart right y'all i mean just let's let's just seek first the kingdom of god and the son of god and it says his righteousness right living right loving right thinking with him and and everything else will take care of itself literally everything else will take care of uh, itself i i texted this uh this christian sister of mine and she's trying to grow in christ and uh and i mean she found this beautiful screensaver with that as a picture i don't even know where she where she found it but it was uh it was amazing so great job patricia and that's her screensaver now is is matthew 6 verse 33 the scripture and it had some like pretty flowers on it i really liked it thank you lord jesus so today we're going to pick up where we left off i intended to do last time if you recall uh hebrews 12 verses like one through um one through four and i got through verse one so today i don't i don't know how far we'll get hopefully we'll get uh through at least verse four and uh we'll see what the lord has for us so We're going to pray and we'll read it and then we'll get rolling. Father, we do thank you for your mercy and your favor and your goodness on our lives. We thank you, Lord, for your love. Um, We thank you just for your your, your continued goodness and mercy on all of us, Father. Lord Jesus, we love you and we bless you and we honor you and we praise you, our only God and Savior and Master and King. And Holy Spirit, we just... We worship you as we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hebrews 12, and I will read verses, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. And like I said, we got through verse 1 last time. um, And we'll pick up um, in verse 2. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, 
who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, we spent the last podcast and we talked about verse 1 and we talked about a, a, a text that I had received, a word of encouragement and a word of exhortation from my brother Rapp. And we talked about, you know, being disciplined disciples of Jesus Christ. And we talked about how that we want to, to discipline ourselves as disciples so our Heavenly Father doesn't have to do it. We talked about that our Heavenly Father will do it. Daddy don't play. Right? We talked about, we gave the C.S. Lewis quote where C.S. Lewis said, most of us really don't want a father in heaven. We want a grandfather in heaven. We want him to love us and hold us and bounce us on his knee and throw us in the air and read books to us and, you know, do everything our nanny does to us, Susanna. But, you know, we don't want a real father, right? Because a real father does all those things, but he also, he disciplines us. Um. And Susanna's a sister of mine. She she helps with these podcasts, and uh, she's a nanny, and she brings discipline as well. Um, so that was the last podcast, and you know, go back and listen to that. Now we're going to pick up here in in verse two. We did a little bit of verse two, but verse two is the most important thing in your life. There's nothing more important in your life than verse two. Open your Bible now to Hebrews chapter twelve. Go to verse two, um, and what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven words. That's all you need to think about for the rest of your life, Peyton. That's it, Chris. All we need to do, verse two, verse seven words, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's nothing better than that, y'all. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. But I'll say this again, if we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus, we're going to have to take our eyes off some other things. And all day long, we put our eyes on other things. Here's another secret for you. Not one thing. Let me start again. My, uh, my wife, the better part of this week, has told me that my uh, my podcasts have been coming off a little bit heavy, a little intense, uh, you know, a little bit uh, maybe overbearing, and, and I ask y'all to forgive me. Um, uh, so I'm trying to have a, a lighter tone, right? I, I want to have a happy tone, happy time, right? But at the same time, speak the word of God clearly. And so hopefully I'm trying to make these adjustments to where I'll be a pleasant-sounding man, uh, apparently as to what I am now. Uh, so what I was going to say, and I want to try to say this in a, in a lovely way, sweetheart, that's my wife, May, is that nothing you put your beautiful eyes on today, even myself, will be as good as when you put them on Jesus. There is nothing that you have looked at in your life. All of us. Scott, there's nothing you've looked at in your life 
And we've looked at some ridiculous things, right? I have a brother, Jesse, who, who consistently is frustrated with all the ridiculousness that he has to absorb and look at. Well, stop looking at it. Because verse 2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix. Lock it in. Lock it in. Lock it in. Fix our eyes on Jesus. We want to be locked on Jesus Christ. And the more you have your eyes fixed on Jesus, Patricia, the less everything else will matter. You still got to do everything that the Lord has called you to do. You have to be the mother the Lord's called you to be, the father he's called you to be. You have to go to work. You, 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 have, to, you have to fulfill and walk out the things your heavenly father has called you to do. But while you do them, Tom, you want to fix your eyes on Jesus. And, and, and we, we have never had more distractions in the history of the world than we do today. We can all think of the, the various things. I say this all the time. Do you know like the average person opens up social media, and we'll try to say this nicely, three, four, five hundred times a day. Staring, right? Staring. Three, four, five times a day. I'm sorry, three, four, five hundred times a day. Matthew, how many times you open that social media? Um, when we open social media, what is it? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. You know, there's a lot of them, right? You're fixing your eyes on what's there. And it's not Jesus, is it? I don't even know what you look at on there. I guess on Instagram, you look at pictures of what other people got going on in their life, right? But none of that is going to help you. And none of that's going to help me like fixing our eyes on Jesus. I mean, that's exciting, Jason, right? That brings hope. I have brothers and sisters in Christ in my life who, who give me loving uh, exhortations. And, uh, you know, and they're, and they're generally always good, right? Um, and and, and uh, my brother Jason is always talking about hope, hope and that we have hope. And he's right. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. There's hope in that. There's really not hope in anything else. We can be distracted in other things. We can uh, pass the time in other things. We can, we can take our mind off the difficulties of life with other things, but it's only when we fix our eyes, lock our eyes in on Jesus, that life can come, that healing can come, that mercy can come, that power can come. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lock it in, Robin. Fix your eyes on Jesus, on Jesus, Abraham, on Jesus, Timmy. Lock it in. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, verse 2, the author and perfecter of our faith. Look at that. Jesus Christ is not only the author of your faith. You just don't come to Jesus Christ when you get saved, Susanna. It's not just, yes, if you don't know Jesus Christ today, you need to call on him. You need to receive him as your savior for the forgiveness of your sins. Because only in Jesus Christ, Trinity, can your sins be forgiven. Only in Jesus Christ can you come into relationship with God the Father as your, as your heavenly father. Only in Jesus Christ can you have the indwelling Holy Spirit as your guide and comforter. Right, Rap? Only in Jesus. He certainly is the author of your faith. Uh, without Jesus Christ, there is no meaning. 
No meaning in life. Nothing means anything without Jesus. I'm trying to say that in a happy way. Nothing means anything without Jesus. But with Jesus, you have everything. Jesus himself said, with me, you can do all things, Stephen. Without me, you can do nothing. I didn't write it. That's the word of the Son of God. God the Son. He's the author of our faith. But he's also the perfecter of our faith. So what that means is, yes, you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, Kristen, to be your Lord and Savior. You call on him and you pray, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Right, Pop? I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to save me from my sin. I ask you to bring me to heaven when I die. You call on him as the author of your faith for salvation, Susan, but he's also the perfecter of your faith. He's the author and perfecter. So you come to Jesus Christ initially and you believe in him and trust in him and call on him and put your full faith and confidence in him and you become a Christian and Jesus comes to live inside of you. But then... For all the days of your life, for the rest of your life, it's Jesus, the living Son of God, living in you by His Holy Spirit that's perfecting your faith, the author and perfecter of our faith. That's good news. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, as Christians, regrettably, this is not our lifestyle because it's hard. It's hard for me to often to fix my thoughts on Jesus because my thoughts and mind and eyes are fixed on, on so many other things. You know, I'm thinking about my life, my wife, my ministry, my kids, my fun. I'm, right now, I'm thinking about my nap. Uh, I'm just thinking about all kinds of stuff. And so it takes, we, we're going to have to be intentional if, this, if we're going to be successful in this, Matthew. If this is going to be our lifestyle, Brooke, we're going to have to be intentional if we're going to be successful. We're going to have to be deliberate. How do you do that? How do you fix your eyes on Jesus? Well, you got to put your mind on him. And how do you do that? Well, certainly you think about him and you pray and you thank him and you praise him, but you spend time in your Bible. There's no better way to fix your eyes on Jesus than to read the word of God. Jesus, in the, in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is called the Word of God. So when you're reading the Word of God, you're fellowshipping with Jesus. You're communicating with Jesus. You're having relationship with Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus is not only the author, he's the perfecter of your faith. We want to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You want to be transformed to be more like Jesus. And you only do this when you fix your eyes on Jesus. That's all that matters, Patricia, right? Fixing your eyes on Jesus. It's, all, it's what we talk about. I was talking yesterday to a, just a, a wonderful woman of God. She's a, an older sister of mine and she's a, she, she has a ministry. Uh, her name is Kimberly. And, you know, we were just fellowshipping on the phone. Uh, I'm in Texas. She's out in California. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm just such, such power in the conversation, such 
realness, right? Such authenticity. And we, we spoke about the word of God. We, we spoke about the son of God and we spoke about our different ministries. And we spoke about what the Lord was doing. And we talked about where we were falling short, but we, we talked about where we wanted to get better. And I was really blessed by, uh, by our conversation. And then that lady prayed. I mean, I was kind of, I was kind of transported for a second up into heaven. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, but the key to the conversation was Jesus was in the middle of everything we spoke about. Remember, Kimberly, we kept talking about Jesus, talking about Jesus, talking about Jesus, because you can't really have a meaningful conversation about the kingdom of God if you're not talking about Jesus. You can't have a meaningful teaching if, you, if Jesus is not being brought in there. You can't have a good sermon without Jesus. You can't have anything without Jesus. Because without Jesus, there is no meaning. There is no purpose. There is no life. There is nothing. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the author and perfecter of your faith. Verse 2. Goes on to say, Who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Wow. It says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. It didn't say he liked the cross. Jesus didn't. But he endured the cross for the joy set before him. So that means Jesus was looking past the cross to see the incredible love of the cross landing. The overwhelming love and healing and unity that would come from the cross, Sam. Jesus, Jesus saw that into eternity, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. He saw what would come after the cross. He saw that humanity could be reconciled to God the Father. That all human beings could come into relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross. And he looked back that for the, he looked back, he looked ahead and saw that and it gave him joy. And that joy gave him the, the, the energy and the power to endure the cross. And we need to do the same thing. I mean, life gets hard. And when it gets hard, uh, we have hope, Jason, right? We can look forward. We can, look, we can look forward to all that the Lord is doing, not just in the next life, but in this life. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. What are you enduring today? What are y'all enduring today, Chris? What's, what's, what are you enduring in your life today, Esther, that, uh, that, that you really need the joy of Jesus Christ? to come in and help you overcome whatever you're enduring. The joy of all that Jesus is doing in your life during this, this, this difficulty that you're having to endure. Uh, endurance means that it's hard. Now, all of us are going through hard things, and some of us right now are going through unimaginable hard things, but none of us are enduring the cross as Jesus did. A wonderful group of uh, young men and women. Uh, you know, I think they're all like 18 years old. And 
we're in relationship and, you know, we're all, um, you know, my wife and I are really working with them and pouring into their lives. And, um, you know, one of them today, Peyton sent out the scripture that, you know, we're supposed to carry our cross and Jesus endured the actual cross, but all of us have crosses to bear in our lives. You've heard the term cross to bear, Scott, right? That's, those are difficulties in your life. Jesus endured the actual cross, gave his life for the forgiveness of the sins of the world, that all who would have faith and trust in him, truly, genuinely trusting in him, would have their sins forgiven and would have eternal life in heaven with the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But he did all this, and we need to endure whatever crosses the Lord has assigned us by the joy set before us. And, and the Lord has given us so many promises, right? I've been singing this song. Um, you know, I've been walking around singing it. All your promises are yes and amen. The Bible teaches that the promises of God in Jesus Christ are all yes. They'll all happen. If you're in Jesus, whatever crosses you're enduring, whatever difficulties you're going through are going to be used for your good. It may not feel that way. It may not be tangible to you. But if you truly are walking with Jesus and you love him and you're trying to please him, you will find that the difficulties in your life are being used for not only your benefit, but for those around you in the sovereignty of your heavenly father. All his promises are yes and amen. Allegan. All your promises are yes and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It says, before the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. Um, those three words have a power that's it's unimaginable. Scorning its shame. I was studying and preparing for this and uh, Charles Spurgeon just was, was so powerful on this, Jose. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said, you know, we as Christians, we can endure anything, but we don't want to endure shame for Jesus. Jesus scorned the shame of the cross. He hung there naked, humiliated for you and I, but he scorned that shame and humiliation and he conquered it. He conquered it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you're in Jesus Christ today, there is no shame. Any shame you feel, you scorn the shame. You don't receive shame, you scorn the shame. And if you're persecuted for Jesus, if you're embarrassed for Jesus, if people make fun of you because of Jesus, you scorn the shame. You'll take it and scorn the shame because you love Jesus and you know what he's done for you, Chloe. You know what he's done for you, Ian. Hmm. You scorn the shame, Ireland, because you know what he's done. The, all this, the shame, the people thought, the Romans thought that they had put him to shame. He, he endured that shame. He scorned that shame because he, he saw the joy of what it would accomplish. The overwhelming, all-purpose, world-changing, world-enhancing, world-forgiving purpose in the cross. 
And whatever the crosses are in your life, the Lord wants to, to do immense things with those. But we have to look at the joy and what the Lord is doing in it. And I know it's hard, but it's hopeful. You can do it. And in doing it, you will begin. The Lord will give you eyes that see and ears that hear. And as you can appreciate the joy that's before you, that you're looking forward to again, obviously in heaven, but even in this life, when the Lord gets you on the other side of difficulties, have you ever looked back and seen what he's, he's done? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Linz, it says that he scorned the shame and sat down. Remember, it says in John 19, Jesus said, it's finished and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus' position, God the Son, full-blown, all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipotent God, completed the work. He came to earth as a human man for you and I, lived a perfect life for you and I, died a perfect death for you and I, was raised from the dead, scorned the shame of the cross, endured the cross, and then ascended back to heaven and finished it all. And now he's running it all, right, Rap? He is the boss of everything. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. The heavenly father has transferred all authority to Jesus until there's a new heaven and a new earth and no more sin. And Jesus comes and all the tribulation is done. Jesus is running everything. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. You can't get to the Father except through Jesus because Jesus has all the authority. All authority in heaven and on earth is mine. God the Father has entrusted the running of the world to God the Son. Now listen, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they're, they're all God, but yet they are individual entities, but they're all on the same page. They're all in agreement. The father doesn't like say, hey, I think we're going to go this. And the son says, well, I think we should maybe do this. And the Holy Spirit says, well, I thought, I thought about, no, no, no. When you're all God, right, Matthew, you all already know everything. And if you know everything, Susanna, you can't learn anything. See that? Because you already know it all. So they all cooperate, but they all, all are on the same page all the time, again, because they're omniscient omnipotent and omnipresent, all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere. Verse 3, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men. Look at verse 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, may. And verse 3, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men. So put your eyes on Jesus, Christy, and then consider Jesus. Think about Jesus. Think about the opposition Jesus endured from sinful men. Verse 3, it says, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Think about all that Jesus endured in his love for you, Braden, right? His tremendous love for you. Think about that. And, 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 and it'll encourage you. And it says so that you won't grow weary. Sometimes we grow weary. And the key to growing weary is not to run to the world. What do we do when we, when we grow weary? For many of us, we turn to worldly things. We turn to, you know, to worldly solutions. 
We even turn to, to worldly sin, right? But when you grow weary, you need to think about Jesus, Jesse. When you grow weary, you need to fix your eyes on Jesus, Patricia. You need to consider Jesus who endured such opposition. We cannot imagine the opposition that Jesus endured. But you won't lose heart if you'll keep thinking about Jesus, putting your mind on Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 4, Becky, it says, In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. For these Christians, and for really all of us here, right, there have been martyrs for Christ, and their blood was shed. Now, it wasn't shed like Jesus. They weren't perfect God men or perfect God women. Jesus was the perfect God man. And he shed his blood for you and me, for the forgiveness of our sins. He shed his blood because of all we did wrong, Lauren, right? Jesus came and did everything he did. He did it all right because of everything that we had done wrong. And it says in our struggle against sin, we, we haven't had to go through what Jesus did, right? You haven't been beaten with whips and rods and had a crown of thorns poured into your head, just pressed down into your head. Mocked on, mocked, spit on. You haven't had your arms stretched out and had railroad spikes rammed through your, your hands and feet. That hasn't happened to anyone that's listening to this, right? I didn't, yeah, I didn't think so. It hasn't happened to me either, right? In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. None of us in our struggle against sin have ever endured one one thousand. There's not even a number of what Jesus endured. And here's the thing. Um, we struggle against sin, and regrettably, we fail. <laughs> In his struggle, he never failed. Never once did he sin. Never once did he make a mistake. Never did Jesus have a sinful thought. Never did Jesus have a sinful word. And never did Jesus have a sinful action or deed. That's our king, y'all. That's our master. That's our God, Benny. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. We got to fix our eyes on Jesus, Luke. In everything we do, Cash, you want to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith and mine. And then you want to consider him when you're getting tired and when you're getting weary, brother. Right, Jason? When you're weary, you don't want to lose heart. And the way you don't lose heart, the way you gain heart, I guess the opposite of losing heart would be gaining heart. The way you gain heart is when you think about Jesus and consider Jesus and consider all he did for you. And, and when I consider all he did for me, Gwenda, right? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we love you and we bless you and we praise you and we thank you. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your favor. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your wonder. We thank you for your love. Father, we give you all praise and honor and glory and thanksgiving, Lord. We thank you, Father. 
We ask you to help us now, Holy Spirit, to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the only author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Lord and Savior, our Master, our King, our God. Lord Jesus, help us, Lord. Help us and lead us to for the joy set before us to endure the crosses that you give us, even as you endured the actual cross. Lord, help us to scorn the shame. Help us to scorn the shame. Charles Spurgeon quoted a man, and he said, I heard a man pray today, and he said it bothered me at the beginning, and then I understood what the man was saying, and I fully agree with it. He said he heard a man pray, Lord, I ask you to, to soften our hearts where our hearts need softening, and I ask you to harden our hearts where our hearts need hardening. And Spurgeon said that that prayer hit him because, you know, we can be kind of delicate, Spurgeon said, when it comes to, to enduring shame for Jesus. We can be delicate flowers. We don't want to be persecuted for Jesus. We don't want to be persecuted for our faith. And I ask you to forgive us, Lord. So we echo that prayer, Lord, soften our hearts where they need to be softened and harden them where they need to be hardened, Lord. Help us, Lord Jesus, to scorn any shame in our lives, for we know there is no shame or guilt or condemnation in Christ Jesus our Lord. And Lord, we ask you to help us to, to think about you and to consider you when we become weary or when we're losing heart. For Lord, you endured such opposition that, that Lord, we just worship you and thank you for all the opposition you endured from sinful men. And Lord, we ask you to help us in this. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us that we won't grow weary and lose heart. For we know that in our struggles, in our daily struggles, and all the different sin we struggle with, we have certainly not resisted to the point of shedding our blood as you did for us, Lord Jesus, as you willingly gave your life for us. Lord, we just worship you and we praise you. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the word of God. Holy Spirit, we thank you for leading us and guiding us and comforting us. And above all, we thank you for the Son of God, our Lord, our Master, our King, our Savior. We are the Bride of Christ. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we worship you. We ask you to go ahead of us now and pave the way for us. Give us eyes that see you and ears that hear you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org. If you'd like to email us directly, you can reach us at contact at kingdomd.org.